Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study every single day, keeping us in God's Word and thereby helping us to stay strong in our faith, since faith comes by hearing the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. But being in God's Word every day, well, that helps keep us close to God, and it helps, helps us to maintain a more positive, spiritually-minded focus on life to be able to deal with all of the challenges that life throws at us every day. But you know, being in God's Word helps us to have just the better direction in life, because God's Word guides us in the best life that a human being can live. We encourage you, share these short studies through Facebook friends, text messages, other technological means with everybody you can. Your family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You know people in your life who need to change their direction. They need to think about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. Share these short studies with them and help them along these lines and maybe help them get to heaven. What a great blessing, but it will also be a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're moving along in our study, our line of thought, talking about Jesus, Jesus Christ, your Savior, your only Savior. We've been looking at a whole lot of scripture texts that point to that very fact. Openly identify Jesus as being your Savior, but not just yours personally, but of course, for all of humanity, for all time. But you see, you need to make the personal application. He came to be your Savior, and he is your only Savior. How have you responded to Jesus? Have you come to him as your Savior? And I'm not talking about mouthing some words and saying, oh, I love you, Jesus, I believe in you, and, and all of that kind of stuff. That's just, those, are, those are words, and they may be meaningful to you, but Jesus expects more than that. He expects you to come to him in surrender and obedience. When Jesus told the apostles to go into all the world, he told them to preach the gospel to all creation. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved but he who does not believe shall be condemned. He said, and that's Mark 16, 15, and 16. He said, I said therefore to you that you will die in your sins, for if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. But it's not just a mouthed confession of faith, but it is a life lived for him and in him. Jesus said in John 14 and verse 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. Well, we've looked at text after text after text in God's word that identifies Jesus openly declaring him to be your savior. Jesus left the throne room in heaven, did not count equality with God a thing to be held on to, but willingly and lovingly surrendered to become man a little lower than the angels, while still fully divine, so that he could be your Savior. Did you realize what he gave up in leaving heaven to come to this earth and live in human form to be your Savior? Jesus went to the cross in order that his blood could be shed and he could be your Savior. There was never a question when God the Father sent God the Son 
Jesus to be the Savior. His very name, Jesus, meaning Savior. There was never a question as to what was going to happen. He was going to end up on the cross. Jesus knew that. And the night of his betrayal, when he was praying in Gethsemane, he knew what was going to happen. That was always God's plan. Jesus would serve as the perfect one time for all time sacrifice to pay the price through his physical death on the cross for the guilt of our sins, the sins of all mankind for all time. The Hebrews writer wrote this in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 27, speaking of Jesus, who does not need daily as those high priests, that is those high priests in Old Testament times, to offer up sacrifices first for his own sins and then for the people's. For this he did once for all when he offered up himself. He offered up himself. He submitted to the will of the Father to be that perfect sacrifice on that cross, your Savior. In chapter 9 of Hebrews, and verse 25 through 28, we read this. Not that he should offer himself often, as the high priest enters the most holy place every year with the blood of another. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he, that is Jesus, has appeared to put away the sin, to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many. To those who eagerly wait for him, he will appear a second time. He's coming back on the final day of judgment, apart from sin for salvation. Are you eagerly waiting for Jesus to come back to take you home to heaven? Are you walking with your Savior right now by living according to his word, his teachings? In chapter 10, verse 10, by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Jesus went to that cross in order that his blood could be shed so that you could have the opportunity to be forgiven of your sins through that shed blood of your Savior. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse 5, he came to wash away your sins by his own blood. John the Apostle wrote this, And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. What a sacrifice God made for you. What a sacrifice Jesus willingly became for you. He is your Savior. When Saul of Tarsus had been a deadly enemy of Christians, a, an active, rageful enemy of Jesus Christ, trying to stamp out Christianity, hunting down Christians, taking them into, kept, into custody, and even 
voting for their execution on occasions, trying to intimidate them to renounce their faith in Jesus. Oh, when he was confronted by Jesus himself on the road to Damascus, told to go into the city and you'll be told what you must do, when he had fallen to the ground by the great light through which Jesus confronted him, when he got up, he was blind. Those with him led him into the city, and for three days he fasted and prayed. He saw in a vision that one was going to come and teach him. Jesus himself sent a Christian man named Ananias. Ananias came to Saul, and he said, Why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And that's exactly what John the Apostle wrote was the role and effect of Jesus coming as your Savior in Revelation 1 and verse 5, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. You see, sin necessitated sacrifice going all the way back to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. God allowed animal sacrifices to atone for the sinfulness of mankind for hundreds of years, but only because he already had the plan of redemption in his mind, and he was working all of that out through the bloodline of Abraham. He would send his son into this world as the perfect, most pure, absolutely pure sacrifice. His son would be that sacrifice. His blood would be shed. His life would be given on that cross to give everybody, including you, the opportunity to be forgiven and redeemed from your sins. Jesus came for that purpose and fulfilled that purpose. Again, how have you responded to Jesus, your Savior? In Matthew chapter 26 and verse 28, when Jesus, as we say, instituted the Lord's Supper, many people call it communion, and we find the church in the early years partaking of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week. Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. When Jesus, on the night of his betrayal, still in the upper room with the apostles, he broke bread. He gave it to the apostles, said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. The next day, he, that body, through the nails piercing through his skin, would break into that body, would be broken into. His body would be broken, and not a bone would be broken, but the nails piercing his skin would break into his body. The spear of the Roman soldier piercing his side would break into his body. And then Jesus also said, as he gave the apostles the cup, again, Matthew chapter 26 and verse 28, he told them, this is the blood of the New Testament 
And I want to turn over there and read that exactly for you to help you get the, the greatest sense. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. Jesus allowed his blood to be shed for the remission, for you to have the opportunity to have the guilt of your sins, not just forgiven, but completely forgotten by God, the slate wiped clean. Jesus bore your guilt on that cross. In 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 21, Paul, speaking of Jesus, said, He, that is God, made him, that is Jesus, who knew no sin. He lived an absolutely pure life in human form on this earth to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Jesus bore your sins on that cross, on his physical body. He took on himself your sins so that you could have the opportunity to be forgiven, redeemed, saved, have eternal life. Let's pray. Father, help us. Help us to get the greatest sins possible of the awesome sacrifice that you made and that Jesus took upon himself by dying on that cross, shedding his blood as the purest of all sacrifices, the most complete sacrifice, so that we could have the opportunity to be forgiven, redeemed in your eyes, and saved. Thank you, Father. Help us, help us to respond in obedience. Please forgive us, gracious Father. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.